Thank you, Father God, for this morning. We thank you that in the midst of the storm, you are present. We thank you that we have technology, Lord, that we can still come together and worship you and spend time learning about your word, learning about how you want to direct our lives, Lord. You are a God of love, so we ask that you would be present with us this morning, that you would reveal your love to us, that wherever anyone watching this is based right now, Lord God, that you would invade their home, invade their space right now with your presence and your Holy Spirit. We surrender this time to you. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as we said last week, we're tackling a big topic, (laughs) which is love. God's love, you know, and establishing what is counterfeit love, what is real love. And as Jason and I have been having conversation daily on this topic, you know, it's so funny because we've talked and we've said that when we talk about love or when you say the word love, everybody automatically thinks romance. They, you know, we said, oh, we're going to deal with counterfeit love. The first thing everybody thinks of, oh, dating and relationships and marriage. But That is so minuscule when it comes to what we're finding out. Like, love, the one we're going to talk about, what we really want to dive into is God's love. And what does he mean when he says love in the Bible? You know, and we have the English word for love, and it's used so generally in so many different ways. But when you look at the root word and what God means by it, it is so different. So you're going to start to tackle some of those different meanings, right, Hope, today. Hopefully. And bear with us yes. because we're, we're just going to go right through. So excuse any mistakes that we make. But, uh, well, yeah, we're diving in. Yeah, and this is like the worst lesson that we're doing ever to be doing it like this because yeah. I have to – there's so much quoting going on um, – and so I would have papers everywhere. So I have to use my laptop. So I'm going to be looking at it a lot here. And um, I would say so this is that. also a topic that we would love to be hearing feedback from you guys and asking you guys questions. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to try to ask each other yeah. those questions. But, yeah, bear with us. We hope that we can translate it over video. Yeah. So last week uh, we talked about the term love in general, actually. This is going to be more of a part two. Um, as we talked about last week, every time we – start to tackle this, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're finding it's like, it really is kind of the root to everything. We did talk about how um, our identity is the problem most people have with their their life, like just not having their identity in Christ. But we're finding that it's love is the reason why their identity is skewed. So it's, this is growing weekly. So this is, you know, what is love basically part two. And we're going to, last week we looked at it, how the world defines it. Um, and kind of how it, they use it. And now we're kind of going to look through a different lens and, and look at the words that were used um, in the New Testament. So we're going to get into the Greek a little bit with it. Um, and then next week, we're going to try and just keep moving on through it. So with this week, um, the Greek, you at the time of the Bible was written in the New Testament, there was really four Greek words used, storge, um, philia, eros, and agape. Um, we talked about that last week. So this week we're going to break it down a little bit more to give you an idea of the complexity of love, really. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully it'll start to, those questions we had last week in our small groups, um, the problems we have with love, hopefully they start to, um, 
you, you start to see them in a different light. You start to understand them a little better and trying to figure out, you know, different ways, different avenues to actually approach that problem and, and to solve it. Well, it's almost like God gets to redefine your counterfeit view of what yeah. love is. Yeah. And so that's why we want to get to the root of the definitions yeah, yeah. of love. Yeah. yeah. So last week we talked about love. The definition was what that deep, intense affection or whatever. Yeah. So in the Bible, um, well, not in the Bible, but at the time of the Bible, storge, philia, eros, and agape. Storge is actually not in the Bible. Um, it's, the, it's affection, it's a, especially between a parent and a child. Um, it's not used in the Bible in its sense. It's actually used in its anti-sense. It, like, it's, um, you'll see it in there a couple times as a storgos, you know, the, mm-hmm. uh, the anti of it, meaning basically heartless, so not mm-hmm. having love. Um, and almost anybody can be loved with storge. The common denominator for storge is familiarity. Mm-hmm. And I hate saying that word every time because it's, <laughs> it's so hard twister. for me to get yeah. out of my mouth. <laughs> but um, And it's dependence in familiarity, like a, a child to a parent uh, or between animals. And it doesn't even have to be the same animals. It could be species. You see dogs and cats sometimes have yeah. that type of uh, bond as well. Asher so, and Cece. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they don't know who Asher and Cece are. Sorry. Our dog and cat. No, your dog and cat. The girl's dog and cat. <laughs> yes, that is I true. I don't own cats. Never going to happen. True. Yes. But they are familiar with each other and there is a bond that you see yes. there. So because of that, there's it's biological in origin. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, it's not forced. Um, it's usually the humblest, they say, of all loves. Um, it's modest because it loves the unlovable, as C.S. Lewis has said before. It Actually, he's, his quote is, uh, Storge loves the unlovable. It definitely loves the unattractive. So, which is poor kid, if that's the parents thinking. Parents I guess. Yeah. think every child um, is beautiful. I love uh, this quote by C.S. Lewis too about the feeling of Storge. The feeling of Storge is so nearly organic, so gradual, you can no more pride yourself on it than getting sleepy during bedtime. Mm-hmm. It's the most comfortable and the least ecstatic of the loves. So mm-hmm. you're not going to get that big. Um, I guess the the outward emotional sure. part of it, it's yeah. just always there, right? It's basic. Um, yeah. And I love this too, that to to give you a visual, he says, Storge is like the nest which um, should develop to cultivate other loves, like mashed potatoes and gravy. Storge would be the mashed potatoes that would hold that other hmm. love, that gravy to encase it. Otherwise, yeah. it, it's supposed to add yeah. to it and not just, if we had just arrows all over the place, yeah. We actually, we've seen that before. No, we've seen that before in Greek times where it was all about the erotic and there was nothing to contain it. So it was, it became, you know, very debasing with it. I would say it's pretty prevalent in our society now. Yeah. Yeah. Or another example or analogy is a flame. Like fire contained is good. Fire just by itself all over is going to cause problems. So Storgi is that buffer kind of that holds Mm -hmm. eros, holds philia um, together. just to to accentuate the love with yeah. it. And you actually see that. Or make it useful. Yeah. Like it makes it useful at that point yeah. when it's contained. If, it, if the light is in a lantern, you actually can use it. If it's a blazing inferno, yeah. that's not helpful. Not very good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you see that Storgos and Philia uh, compound together um, mm-hmm. in the New Testament yes. as well. Because Philia really is, it's used in the Bible like 21 times. It's, it talks about a close friendship, not not necessarily a familiar friendship. It actually is more like a close friendship. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's it's something you very much choose. It's not organic. It's not you just built into you. Like I, I don't just walk up to somebody and go, oh, yeah, I, I, I love you, brother. Yeah. You know, we just don't typically do that. Yeah. 
um, the story of David and Jonathan mm -hmm. in First Samuel actually is the most used example of how filio um, relates, and actually it's filio storge. So mm -hmm. it's not just filio love, it's actually filio storge in there. Um, it's something, so because of the closeness and the, the brotherly love actually, mm -hmm. like if you take, if you take David and, and Jonathan in the Bible, that's kind of how I, I see filial love being between brothers and sisters of Christ. Yes. Like we should have that um, deep, strong affection yes. for each other with it. And, and Paul, it was, it's sacrificial right. even. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And Paul alludes to this in Romans where he talks about the dedicated service of the brethren. Yeah. Uh, I think it's in Romans 8 yeah. or 12. 12. Is this the one we that. were talking about yesterday? Could be. Yeah. Um, oh, actually it is. There it's it Romans 12 because yep. it's in my next notes. Yeah. Um, Romans 12, 9 through 10, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. So let love be, that love actually is agape. That, that's the word that's used in that. But it's the devoted part is that compound filiostorgos, um, which if we go back to the mashed potatoes and gravy analogy, mm, you yeah. can see how that, that storge love is also... Um, brings in the familiar part of it to mm -hmm. strengthen that bond, right? So be devoted to one another. Well, and even like the, like when you talk about the story of love, like we can think of our kids, we're going to do anything for them, yeah. you know, and it's natural. It's just yeah. what we're going to do. But I love how it's paired together. It's a choice. The filio is kind of like a choice. I'm choosing you yeah. as a brother yeah. or a sister in Christ, but I'm also going to be sacrificial in that I will do what you need. I'll put you first. I will be sacrificial for you. Yeah. And yeah. so in the case of, of Christians, um, being the common bond of Christ, that yep. familiar part, not only serves as the foundation for filial love, but when it intertwines with the brotherly love of filia as well, so you take the storge, that common bond of Christ, and then that brotherly love of filia, yeah. it becomes a devotion to cherish one another, mm -hmm. um, like David and that's Jonathan cool. did. I love that. Yeah. I, was a, I saw that example. I'm like, oh, that's really, really cool. Yep. Um, Eros. Originally, I wasn't even going to do anything with Eros because it's not in the Bible. It's um, what is mostly attributed to sexual desire or feelings of arousal. Um, today, we just call it lust. But I was like, the more I started reading and understanding it, I think we need to take, especially in today's culture, we For need sure. to take some time to address it. Yep. And this is one that's definitely a lot of, um, I'm going to be reading off of here because there's some long quotes for some things. Um, Eros actually came from the Greek god of love. The Romans called him Cupid. Um, since Eros is most associated with sexual desire and is not used in the Bible, um, we really you know, weren't going to examine it further. However, since it does have to do with lust and pleasure, uh, more specifically pleasure, since it's the desire for a specific pleasure that mm -hmm. drives lust, That's and we true. know what that is, yep. um, we should at least briefly address pleasure um, in regards to love. So obviously pleasure is not love. Yeah. Right. However, we make decisions based off of pleasure all the time. Oh, for you sure. Know, um, intense feel more so than we do on intense feelings of affection for oh, people. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yep. Um, across the country, many Saturday mornings have been spent trying to justify or <laughs> forget that previous night's capitulation to the desire of lust. Yep. Hopefully none of you. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, but pleasure in itself is not bad. Um, when we, it's not bad when we seek it in, in the manner in which God intended for us to, sure. to experience he it. He created pleasure. Yeah. 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 That same sexual or that same capitulation to sexual desire on Friday night does not carry the, the same consequences um, for a married couple as sure. it does an unmarried couple. That's right. Right. Um, in the former case, the pleasure involved was created for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I love this. Uh, this is from C.S. Lewis, "The Weight of Glory." It's one of his sermons. 
And he's talking about pleasure in the sense of like pleasure in the world. And he says, the faint far off results of those energies which God, God's creative rapture implanted in matter when he made the worlds are what we now call physical pleasures. And even thus filtered, they are too much for our present management. What would it be to taste at the fountainhead, mm -hmm. the stream of which even these lower reaches prove so intoxicating? Yet that, I believe, is what lies before us. The whole man is, is tr to drink joy from the fountain of joy. So Timothy Keller is breaking this down a little bit more. He says, what Lewis is trying to say is that when God made things like sound or music, when he, made, when he created everything, he had so much joy that he put into it that there's remnants of mm, it still, right? That they say, I guess, you know, like when you, you can taste the love in somebody's yeah. baking or whatever, yes. that's that yeah. type of thing, right? Um, he had that creative rapture. He, had, he was making it, and we experience it as physical pleasure. We participate a little bit in God's joy that he put into our creation. What's sad is we're, we are literally enslaved to crumbs when we should really be looking forward to like the source of it, right? right? And yeah. if you look at it through the lens of last month's uh, scripture, Titus yeah. 3, 3, where it mm -hmm. says, for we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasure. We are enslaved to these lusts and pleasures because we are trying to experience them outside of the context for which they were designed. And the reason why they were created in the first place. Sex outside of two becoming one, um, recreating that euphoria of reaching the peak of a mountain um, for the first time, the exhilaration yeah. of like gliding down snow, a snowy mountain. When we look to get these excitements and these mm -hmm. happinesses in the form of an illicit thrill or a pill, we've debased pleasure. Mm. The pleasure that God left for us, yeah. that he created and the world um, in the world. And that was once something that was allowed to... Uh, that allows us to come as close to God as we possibly can get, right? We've taken that and we've perverted it. And now that happiness, that joy, that excitement, that euphoria, um, we've made it a God. Yes. And eventually that God becomes a demon, and that demon is what enslaves us, as Titus says, to various uh, lusts and pleasures. Well, and I love that God loves us so much that he wants us to experience yeah. these, these things on earth. Imagine if he didn't give us, like he could have said, oh, I don't want them to be tempted by or twi anything twisted yeah. on earth, so I'm not going to leave them any crumbs. Yeah. But what a loving and gracious father that he says, no, I want them to experience yeah. pleasure. But you're right. It's these breadcrumbs. And he's saying, oh, no, let these breadcrumbs lead to me. Like, that's what he's saying. Yeah. He's saying, look at these pleasures. But ultimately, you're going to experience the biggest pleasure being in heaven with him. Yeah. Like, he, he just wanted tastes of heaven for us. Yeah. But now we're saying, oh, look at this breadcrumbs. Amazing. And right. we're making the chase of that breadcrumb everything in yeah. an idol and and we're going to miss out on the glory of what he has yeah. for us because we're after that breadcrumb. And what's so cool about that when you think about it, he didn't have to leave that in there. Yeah. For us to live and survive and all that stuff, yeah. like music, the sound of music, the enjoyment that we get right? from it, the taste yes. of food, yeah. we don't have to have that. But he left that in there for us to actually experience and enjoy. Yes. It's like when he created everything, he created it with such joy, with yes. so much of it, like he couldn't not leave yes. parts of it in there. Right? right? That's you know? so cool. He was yeah. so overflowing for us. Yeah. You know, I think when you said that, I thought of the movie The Matrix, you know, when they're eating just porridge. Yeah. It was basically just to sustain their life. Yep. Like imagine if that was our daily life, that yep. it was just food just so that we could make it to the next day how dull but he's yeah. put so many things in our life that shows the joy of his creation even outside yeah. taking a step outside yeah yeah no, that's the one thing like so as i started reading through arrows yeah. and, and the pleasure i'm like oh that that has to yeah. go in because that 
is. It's amazing. He left that in there for us. Yeah. No so other great. reason. Yeah. There, I mean, there's no reason we need it no. or anything. Yeah, that's uh, true. So we've went through three of the four. The last one is agape. And agape is such, like you'll hear it all the time. It's love in the Christian sense. It's God's love for man, the Christian's love for, for fellow Christians. Um, it, it's not based on feelings. It's it's noble. It's even more sacrificial yeah. than sure. than philia. Yeah. Um, basically, like it's it's no strings attached love. Love, regardless mm-hmm. of response, is affection towards us is always agape. So Romans eight um, thirty eight and thirty nine, yeah. um, when he's when Paul says that like there's pretty much nothing in heaven on earth that could mm-hmm. separate God's love from us. That's yep. agape love, regardless of whether we hate him. He still loves us. Yeah. Um, Rick Renner had said that the way other people respond to us has no effect on our desire to shower them with agape love. Um, it's a love that's based on response. Uh, it's not based on a response, but a decision to keep on loving regardless of a recipient's response or lack of response. In other words, it, it has more to do with will. The desire, the want to love someone or something without regard to whether they love you back, whether they hate you or they are indifferent to you, and regardless of whether you get any pleasure out of it or joy out of it too. because. That, that is the ultimate selfless well, love, right? And even as you were talking, because we've had, like I've said, so many discussions yeah. about this, but the thing that just popped into my mind is that the other three, you know, Eros, Philo, and Storge, are, there's a flesh response from us. Yeah. You know, there's a pleasure in our flesh for any of them. When you have a really great friend, yeah. you know, you have a joy that's just automatic, your relationship with your children, um, the pleasure sense, those are all fleshly based. But agape is actually the anti-flesh. Yeah. It's saying, nope, regardless of your feelings, regardless yep. of what you prefer to do, if that person makes you angry, whatever it is, resist that and yep. still show them love. Yeah. Like that's that's and, why it's such a difficult... And not just love. <laughs> like It's like, yeah. you know, pouring Abundance. out. Yeah, yeah. Abundant pouring <laughs> yeah. out love. Um, regardless of how it affects you, yeah, like that's yes. the thing too. Like it, yeah. it's giving somebody your your the coat off of your back. Yes, you know, even yes. though you're freezing because yeah. they're on the verge of dying, and yes. it's the better the the you know the greater good yes. for it as well. Yes. So instead of just you know, talking about agape like we did the other ones, agape is going to be like the theme I think throughout. Mm-hmm. You know, the next for few sure. weeks as well as we as we start to talk about the love of God and all that. So we're not going to go deep in here because it really needs to be it's going to be in every single week because we've been you know as we've talked agape love has to do with your faith you know what is your walk well that's agape love you're the holy spirit the presence of the holy spirit the fruit of the spirit the um agape and forgiveness like there's so much in your daily walk your relationship with god that has to do with agape we can't just do it in one weekend it's not possible because agape is forgiving loving to forgive yes like, do you love to forgive? Do no. you just go, yay, yeah. I'm going to forgive oh, that person no, for the yeah. pain that put me through? Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. So, so. We'll, we're going to stop here and yeah. uh, for today, and we'll pick it up next week. I don't know exactly what our topic is going to be yeah. because we switched it three or four times. It still has to do with love. We're just <laughs> yes. not sure whether it's you know faith and love, love with uh, God's love. Forgiveness or and Forgiveness love. and love yes. right now. But we're going yeah. gonna to use the next three weeks to actually give you more of a visual of agape love, what it is, what it actually means to to be agape yeah. love, and just how do a few we practice words. it? Yeah, how do you practice yeah. it? What it looks like in, in yeah. you know in real life, how God really meant it to be, and, and yeah. how Jesus lived it out. Yeah, yeah, right? because what the Bible always says, they'll know we are Christians by our love. So 
knowing agape love and being able to practice it, being able to walk it out in our daily life is so important. So, yeah. So right now we're going to jump into small groups. We want to see you guys. We want to connect with you guys. We want to have our normal conversation with you, questions. So I believe it's a Zoom call. Uh, It came out in email. So it'll be on our website as well under Young Adults. You can click on it. Join us, even if you can just stay for five minutes. But come say hi. Let us see your face. The other thing, too, is if you're having problems, email us young, uh, what is it? young, young adults. adults at therockca.com. Yep. Um, if you have any specific questions, like you just can't get through or whatever, yeah. you know, email us that. Um, yeah. Anything else? No, I think that's it. But can you pray for us? Father, we thank you that uh, during this time we still can get together, Lord, that we can still get together as a group, and we can still get together and learn from you and learn about you and learn about the love that you have for us, Lord, and how we can better you know, love our brothers and sisters that same way, Lord. We just pray and ask that um, everybody affected by this would be encouraged by you, Lord, because you know we do not walk in fear. That doesn't mean that we just are reckless. It actually means the opposite of it is we, we walk in hope. We walk in the hope of you, Lord. So although we are, we have a lot of things that we could be worried about and fear, Lord, we're not going to worry about those things. We're not going to be fearful of those, Lord, because we are walking in the hope that you promised us. So we just encourage everybody today to, to focus on that hope and instead of the fear during this time, um, we just ask every uh, ask everyone here too to continue praying for your neighbors for your friends your family for people you don't know for people who are affected all over the world um, by this coronavirus lord and we just ask for an eradication of it we ask for strengthening um, through this time and we pray that it would bring even more people to you lord that they would see that you know this is a perfect time now where we know our jobs are not going to sustain us you know when everything's shut down it's not going to be jobs and money that that's going to you know cause us to to have hope it's going to be you So we just bow down before you, Lord, and we just soak it all in. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. We'll see you in the chat room.